As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. It is Believe Sports Business, Sports Media, also heard on pod clips around the world. Happy to have you aboard. You can email us at sportsfred at aol.com, sportsfred at aol.com. Art Source, former kicker for the Rams and the Trojans, uh, and runs Galaxy Sports is in Pennsylvania. I'm on Mars. So uh, we are definitely wall-to-wall around the universe. And uh, Art, a couple major stories this week. Uh, let's start with uh, something you're – well, you're close to both of them, but you made a lot of money on the golf tour, so let's go with the golf. Uh, folks, we're taping this Wednesday at about 310 Pacific, 610 in the East. And uh, this golf tournament, the PGA, was supposed to be at Trump's uh, course in New Jersey, but instead it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Art, what's happening so far in the very first day? I'll tell you, it's been really exciting. It's been a gorgeous day, pretty breezy. Tulsa, Oklahoma, Southern Hills Country Club. Uh, they've had 10 previous big tournaments over the years there, including PGAs. And the funny thing is, in all 10 of them, the leader after 36 holes has gone on to win the tournament. Now today, Rory McIlroy, the, uh, the Northern Irishman, who's really got a fabulous ball game. He was hitting drives 390 yards today, played fantastic golf. He and Tiger were paired together. Uh, it was a fantastic thing. Tiger wound up shooting 74, but Rory really played well, shot 565. He's got the lead. Will Zalatoris and Tom Hoagie are in second, four under, 66s. Now, what kind of makes this an interesting tournament is they take away a little bit of the distance involved. By making it a par 70 as opposed to a traditional par 72, it makes the scoring a little more difficult, which they like to do in the majors. They like to keep the scores, you know, more like six, seven, eight, nine under par as opposed to the traditional tour, which is 20 under par, 25 under par. So it's kind of great to see great players struggle a little bit. But I must say, with all the – kerfuffle going on with the Phil Mickelson situation and Greg Norman. There's so much going on in the world of golf, much like our country right now. There just seems to be very little leadership at the top, very little give and take, and it's going to cause problems, and the players are starting to feel it. They're getting they're getting pulled different ways, Fred. Now, you mentioned uh, Tiger shooting a 74 that puts him nine strokes behind. Some of the uh, sports books uh, – at Tiger at like 600 to one, some numbers like that. Or my, my, well, you know, and most of them I saw in Vegas were like 60 to one, 80 to one. 
Um, you know, after today, it's definitely going to be five or <laughs> 600 to one because it's tough to make up nine shots. First of all, it's going to be real tough to make the cut at four over par. So he's going to need to put a good round together. And Fred, the one thing that was a little scary, I'll put it this way. It's great to see Tiger at the event. It's, it's always good to see comebacks, especially with people who move the needle like Tiger does. But he was really struggling on that right leg today. And people don't realize that even though it seems like Tulsa, Oklahoma's out in the middle of the flatlands, there were hills in this golf course coming off and up and off the tees and down onto the greens. So I, I noticed him limping quite, quite noticeably. All right. So uh, Mickelson was not there. Uh, we heard stories now that uh, he's lost $40 million gambling. A lot of it had to do with the uh, Saudi Arabian thing. Put you on the spot. Uh, they went to Jack Nicholas and offered him, I guess, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. To, 100 million. Uh, 100 million to sort of uh, uh, advocate for the Saudi Arabian tournament or the Saudi Arabia tour. Would you have done it? You know, again, you made, you know, chunks of money on the tour. So you, 100 million is a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I was in the stature of a Phil Mickelson or a Tiger Woods, one of the top all-time earners on the PGA Tour, I probably wouldn't do it. But if I was one of the guys that's maybe 25th through 100th on the money list, and they came to me, and, you know, I have a family and kids and bills, and like everybody else has it in these times with inflation and everything, it would be a tough decision, Fred. How do you, how do you turn down guaranteed money? They're going to be playing eight events this year. With the minimum person, each one at 25 million, 48 people fields, 48 man fields. The worst, the person who comes in last is going to make $125,000, $10 million first prizes. That's tough to, that's tough to look the other way. Let me ask you something. I'm not a traveler. I hated living in Las Vegas, flying back every week for Valley Sports Central and the network shows. Um, you like to travel. You travel a lot. Would you feel comfortable in Saudi Arabia? You know, politics to me, even though it's in every aspect of life, I, I would feel comfortable there because I'm a male. You know, I, I don't agree with a lot of the way they treat women. I don't agree with what happened to Khashoggi. Um, you know, I, I have heard from people who tell me that it's getting better. Women are given their driver's license now. Uh, a lot, a lot of things are changing as we go along, but you know, I, we've been in bed with them for for fifty years, Fred. We've been taking their oil, burning their oil, sending them jets, protecting them, doing trade with them. So, is it okay for our government to do stuff with them? But it's not okay for an individual to do. There has to be a, there has to be some sort of uh, legislation there. I mean, I, I got into it the other day over an article that uh, Nancy Armour wrote about Phil Mickelson being greedy and, and stubborn and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's really easy to get on somebody when they're down, down and out, but he's been the same way for 30 years, Fred, and everybody in this society has hailed him as the great conqueror, the wonderful Phil Mickelson. We knew about him gambling on the Super Bowl 30, 20 years ago. Now he's lost $40 million. Now he's a pariah. Now he's this, that. You know, this woke culture, you know, it's so easy to get on somebody who's down 
Hey, nobody said a word when, when Tiger had all five drug panels covered in one, one escapade. You know, now he's the chosen hero again. It's just a matter of what the media wants to do. They create people, they tear them down, they build them back up. We've seen it happen in sports a myriad of times over the years. Let me just take this with my politics. I'd be afraid to eat anything in Saudi Arabia or drink anything in Saudi Arabia. To tell you the well, truth. they don't do a lot of alcohol drinking there, so you're going to be you're okay on that one. But yeah, I, I don't, you know, either that. I would feel the same way about you know the Soviet Union, Russia. I mean, my God, they poisoned people right and left, and you know, it, I just don't know. It seems like the world is very tenuous right now, and you know, the funny thing is, those events aren't going to be played in Saudi Arabia. Most of the events are going to be played in London, in Tokyo. It's kind of a worldwide venture to, according to what the LIV tour says, to bring the world of golf more opportunity. Okay. Now, you know, you, you can shroud a lot of things behind that. How much of the money is going to charity? Okay. How much are going to women's rights or, or LBGTQ rights? You know, that's a way to kind of overcome a little bit of this, this gap in, in problems and PR is by, you know, maybe, Maybe doing some great things to help feed nations. Hey, there's a concept. You know, there's people in Africa starving all day long. And we're fighting over hundreds of million dollars on the golf course. Eh, you know, hard to have a lot of sympathy for that situation. All right, let's talk about millions of dollars. Um, I guess that... Uh, Did you get a scholarship to college to play football? Uh, I was going to say Jimbo Fisher and uh, Nick Saban are not going to the same parties from now on. What's going on? Yeah, I, I definitely think there's a problem there. Hey, I watched that quote, and for him to say what he said, knowing how Alabama has 200 uh, consultants on their staff, it's run like an NFL franchise. He's been passing out money right and left. He makes more money than anybody in college football. And he's saying that Texas A&M and Jackson State are bought and paid for. Well, Deion Sanders almost came unglued. I mean, he's upset, you know. They do Aflac commercials together, so I guess you won't see them in commercials anymore. But, yeah, Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher, he's a unique guy, you know. But, but, Fred, at a certain point in time when you let the genie out of the bottle and then you try to put the genie back in the bottle by limiting what these kids can play or get paid for for their name, image, and likeness, that's a tough situation. You know, I have an, I have an idea. Uh, you know, I say you cap it at a certain amount of money. You know, in college, if you can't make it on 200, 250 grand and you're the star quarterback. But I also think it's incumbent to keep the rich alumni out of that part of the game. You know, I mean, we go back to UCLA with the great alumni we had at USC and UCLA, Sam Gilbert, a lot of the guys at USC. You know, those were those were you know pretty tough situations in those days. But, you know, you know, those kids got a little bit of extra money on the side. How do you go to college, make millions for a university, and not get some sort of money? Well, what you're saying is what we've said is that the NCAA made a major, major mistake. Bottom line is the kids deserve more than just room and board and a few bucks. Correct. You can't do anything with that. The NCAA didn't Mark want to Emmert his job, Fred. Right. The NCAA didn't want to give them any more, so they said – you're free to do what you want. As you said, how do you put the genie back in the bottle? I think the game is screwed. I'll be honest with you. 
every day I see another kid in the portal. Every day I hear another kid made a million dollars. There's going to be, there, are, there already are major problems. You're losing people like me who love the college game since the age of five. I can't handle it because I want to see a kid really develop from his freshman year through his, at least a junior year, something like that, and, and watch him get better and better. Again, if a coach leaves, okay, you can leave, but you shouldn't leave, shouldn't be able to leave just because somebody offers you more money or because you're not playing for a particular coach or comments. Well, you know, I, I faced it personally. I mean, I was given opportunities to go to other schools. You know, I was competitive, competitive with Glenn Walker and, and, and Frank Jordan. And, you know, I got to kick a bunch. They got to kick a bunch. You know, I always thought that you went there for academics first, athletics second. At least that's what the way I was taught. And I wanted to get my degree. And, you know, the joke that, that we all, I always said was, there were 19 of us that came in as freshmen and 18, 18 of us got drafted and I got my degree. So <laughs> that was how powerful USC was in the seventies, Fred. So I just, I find that, you know, you have to have a set of rules to live by college football. What made college football great is what you talked about the pageantry, you know, the great voices over the years from, you know, Lindsay Nelson to, to, uh, to, Kirk Gowdy and, 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 and Keith Jackson and Chris Shankle, uh, you know, that's what it was. You know, the bands, the it was fantastic. You're playing for your university, for your family, you know, and and now I, I just think of it as like AAA baseball or, or AAA football. I mean, you know, if it's going to be the guys who are going to pay the most money, get the players, which it already was in essence, um, you know, they, they've got to do something about it. But this portal, you know, it's like the in basketball, Fred. Basketball changed, college basketball changed immensely when the one and done came. And not for the better. We, we both have talked about that. You know, you, get, you want fans to be able to, to get used to having three years at least of a, of a team so you can get behind the team, get behind the personalities on the team. You know, to see guys coming and going, you don't know who's playing anymore. No, you really don't. Folks, agree, disagree. Maybe you disagree. Email us, sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. I grew up loving horse racing, uh, brought up in Cover City, California. Uh, my mom and dad took me to the racetrack at Hollywood Park, Inglewood, which is like five and a half, six miles away. First time I'm there, I'm hooked. I love math anyways. I was hooked for years. Then you find out that things aren't necessarily all on the up and up and horses are being uh, treated uh, very shabbily. Now this Saturday, of course, 147th running of the Preakness and uh, people are saying, well, gosh, I wish Rich Strike, uh, who won the Kentucky Derby would be in this race from the point of view of this week. Yeah. You'd love Rich Strike there because you want a horse who can win the triple crown. But from the point of view of the horse and the future of the sport, I think owner Dawson made the right move. He didn't think the horse was ready. He didn't think the horse was prepared. Artie, if you were getting ready for a golf tournament and it was supposed to be five weeks away and all of a sudden they moved it to two weeks away, you would be doing things too quickly, too fast. And in a case of horse racing, we lost the horse, Medina Spirit, who finished across the line first in last year's Kentucky Derby in December of like a heart attack. So I think what the owners did in the case of 
uh, Rich Strike is correct. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I actually am on the, on the owner's side on this one. I mean, you always err to the side of safety. And, you know, I know they, they're turning down a chance at, at millions and millions of dollars. But I don't think anybody's going to lose in this situation. To have an 85 to one shot win a Kentucky Derby, maybe, a, you know, they've had the Kentucky Derby for 100, almost 150 years. And, and nobody's ever won with that kind of amount of money. And so, I mean, the horse did a great thing. But, you know, Pimlico, I've been to Pimlico. It's just down the street from where I live here in Camp Hill, down the 83. It's an old racetrack. Um, you know, they play, they run for the Black Eyed Susans, Pimlico, the Preakness. There's going to be nine great horses in the starting gates. And uh, I just think it's fantastic. I just, like I always hope, and I say this before every race, I just hope all the horses are safe, the jockeys are safe. And, uh, you know, I go back to the old days, Fred. My favorite books when I was in college were Dick Francis, who was an ex steeplechase jockey in, in England who wrote 35 novels on the underside of, of horse racing, you know, and, you know, he had, he had, what did he call them? Snods and all the British terms. And he was fabulous. He was wonderful, but he showed me a side of horse racing. And if you ever do love the game of the sport of Kings, you have to read some Dick Francis novels. They're well-written. They're fun. He's no longer with us, but his litany of great books are still there. So, you know, I just hope everybody's safe when it comes to the race. And that's going to be Saturday, NBC. I think they go off 7 o'clock Eastern time. Um, I like uh, nonfiction. Happen to have this right here on the table. My uh, Racing Heart by Nan Mooney. Want to read a good horse racing uh, book? Uh, not nonfiction. Uh, my time of book. It tells the inside stuff about horse racing. All right. Epi epicenter, 6 to 5 as of... Uh, Tuesday, uh, I think it's going to go off to like four to five as we take this on Thursday. By Saturday, it'll be four to five, I think, or maybe even money. You cannot make money betting on too many four to five or even money shots. But if you put it in a trifecta you know, and, you, and you put every other horse and hope for a 20 to one shot to come out on top and a 15 to one shot to come second or something like that, you can make a few bucks. Can somebody beat Epicenter here? The horse to well, you know, this one horse, Creative Minister, has a 108 speed rating. I've been following horse racing for a long time. That's a pretty incredible speed rating. If the weather's dry down in Baltimore, I like I kind of like him. Um, 12 to 1, 10 to 1 in those in those kind of areas. Secret Oath, the D. Wayne Lucas horse, um, is also the number four horse. So I like number two, number four. And then I would I would mix them around and throw epicenter in there in my trifecta. Um, there's there's three really funny horses that kind of would make a a funny grouping. I looked at this uh, early voting. <laughs> All right, we always go down to Fenwick Island in in, uh, in uh, Delaware, which is just north of Ocean City. So I was thinking that you know you might want to do Happy Jack, which is my wife, and. Uh, <laughs> And then I could go with those two horses, kind of back it up as a little fun game. But it's, it's, I've been there. It's fun. Everybody dresses up, Fred. The racetrack is like going back to the 30s or 40s. And I don't think they've done anything to fix it. <laughs> you, know, you mentioned Creative Minister. That horse was added for what, $150,000? The owner's actually paid the fee. 
you might say that's not a lot of money to some of these owners, but $150,000 is really not, hey, I mean, it, 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 so the, court, the, the owner and the trainer must have really felt, as you indicated, the horse has the speed to compete with these horses. Well, Fred, I can tell you a story. Uh, the great Hall of Fame golfer, Gary Player, who's in his 80s now, has been in horse racing now for 25, 30 years. And we're sitting with him at Newport Beach Country Club waiting for the tee, and number three tee, and we're talking, and he's doing his stretching. He's an amazing man. This is about 12 years ago. And we were, I was talking to him, and he says, he says, boy, he says, you know what? He says, those horses eat a lot more than you think they do. <laughs> He said, he said, it's amazing how much it costs to get into the sport of racing. You know, when these horses travel, like from Dubai, like the one Japanese horse had to travel all the way from there to, to Kentucky, um, you know, it's not cheap, I guess. It's not like jumping on a plane, paying a couple grand and flying somewhere. That, that doesn't seem to happen like that. But, yeah, it's a, definitely the sport of kings. All right. Finally, uh, before we say good. Uh, Goodbye uh, for this edition of uh, Believe Sports Business Sports Media, also heard on Pod Clips. Uh, game number one of the NBA playoffs in the second half, Miami took it to the Celtics. Miami's a favorite uh, this evening in a couple of hours. Again, we're taping this right now, almost 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 in the East. What do you like tonight? Miami? The Heat? You know, Jimmy I think Butler? Jimmy Butler has proven once again for Miami and Eric Spolstra, the coach, that he's a primetime player. He seems to rise to the occasion. And uh, it's going to be all about Jason Tatum and the Celtics. I actually think Spolstra outcoached the head coach of, of the Celtics in game one. Um, I think I think you're going to see a spirited effort from the Celtics tonight. I think Miami is a six, six-and-a-half-point favorite. I would definitely take the points. I think it's going to be hard for the Celtics to beat this Miami team because of their physicality and the leadership of both Coach Spolstra and Jimmy Butler. Final comment from you, Art Source. Give me a great sports weekend. The PGA Championship, the Preakness, you've got Major League Baseball roaring along, the weather's starting to get nice here on the West Coast, on the East Coast. Um, I just hope everybody enjoys it. It's going to be fun. Be safe. And uh, let's hope things are going to get better, man. I'll tell you what, the stock market is a little scary right now. A lot of things are in this world. Some of us don't have any stock, so we don't know what's going up or down. All right. Uh, tomorrow, Sports Overnight America. Folks, uh, thank you for listening to Believe Sports Business. Who do we have Sports. as our guest tomorrow? My brother, Paul. Oh, good. The, We're going to get some tax information. The, the, the legal side of sports. We uh, need the legal side. Because Monday, Monday, Trevor Bauer is up against Major League Baseball. Not, not, nothing's going to happen on Monday, but... We're going to talk to him about what might occur down the road. Mario, thank you very much. Artie, thank you very much. Uh, until we meet again on Believe Sports Business, Sports Media, have fun, be fun, and uh, we'll see you around the corner. Bye, everybody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.